0: Hello and welcome to LDS Transitions. So, this morning was a pleasant morning. Uh, it's been a rainy, breezy morning, so you may hear some of the wind. And taking a morning stroll has been wonderful. Uh, I, one of the first things I heard this morning was one of my little girls uh, singing Scooby-Dooby-Doo, um, and just so tender, right? So beautiful and tender to hear a child just wake up in the morning, just being full of joy, and just singing, you know? And, uh, she, uh, She'd been scared because of some noises of lawnmowers nearby, and it was this I believe it was a self comfort soothing that she was doing because, uh, because uh, she indicated to me that she was scared, but she was finding her own way how to soothe herself. And it's just another paradox for someone that's transitioned. Of considering, well, okay, isn't that an interesting paradox of the church where we're talked about the Holy Ghost and a comforter that will bring us comfort, and yet we have these mechanisms for self-care. At an earlier age, when she was upset over something... We talked to her about breathing, and she took in some deep breaths, you know, and this is, you know, she could understand us well, and and her verbals wasn't really well developed, and, you know, she's exercising, just taking simple small steps that we showed her, you know, breathing in and out, and... Realizing that she can calm herself. Realizing of self-care and how beautiful that one can do. And the blessings that we have of the bodies that we have. Of being able to take care of ourselves. Uh, so, you know, just thoughts this morning of self-care. Yet, in the church, it seems to take us away from our own self-care. You know, I've talked a little bit about um, pornography and addiction and stuff. And I don't think I was ever taught that sexual purity, (laughs) I hate those words, um, you know, I more often than taught was That, hey, Satan's going to tempt you. Hey, you've got to resist temptation. And there's this fear base. And it wasn't until I was an adult, and especially in a faith transition, where I'm like, there's no Satan. Wait, I can fix this. You mean all this self-care stuff actually, you know, (laughs) actually might work? You know, um, not that I was that cognitive about it, but that's on the path that kind of led me, and I'm like, this is beautiful, you know. My, uh, wife and kids were out of the house yesterday, and, uh, I had the normal reaction of, oh, hey, they're gone. You know, I can do whatever I want. You know what I did? I created a podcast. <laughs> my interests, my my joys. Um, so I'm creating a podcast for my own work and doing trainings, um, which would probably bore the snot out of most of you. But anybody that's in that's a geeky type of uh, profession. Um, would maybe enjoy it. Anyway, uh, so, I digress. But, you know, just only a few years back, it would have been like, hey, I'm free. Let's whip out the the porn or something like that. And I don't. I don't, I don't have that trigger. Yeah, I, I feel like, hey, I'm free, I can do what I want but it's not to something destructive it's not to something that drives me or controls me it's me driving it hey the house is quiet I might be able to record so interesting perspective when you take and I hate to say this but when you take Satan out of it and even when you take God out of the picture, and then narrative that we generally consider, we, and we look at just ourselves, and we look within ourselves and see the God within, now I'm not trying to be, I'm not using that in a religious context, but if you consider all the greatness of man, and that it came Possibly from within, you know, you've got that, that spark, you know, the Transformers have that spark that brings them to life, gives them power, yada yada, wherever, how the, however that works. Um, we've got that spark within us, whether if it comes from God or not, I don't know, you know, I'm not here to say that there isn't a God or there is a God. But we have that spark within us, and we're able to do so much that oftentimes we give credit elsewhere. And I'm not saying that we should have this huge ego of, hey, I don't need God, but why don't we work with the God-given blessings that we've been given, or what evolution or Or man has given us, you know, whatever your perspective is, wherever you're at in your journey, whether if there's a God in your life or not, you have within yourself greatness, you know, and at the same time, we also realize our nothingness, how we're all big piles of crap, and we're no better than anybody else. Just because our experiences and privilege gives us um, benefits that, over others, uh, doesn't mean that we're more entitled or more blessed than anybody else. So. If we take God out of the equation, if we take Satan out of the equation, what does that leave us? It leaves us with the beauty within. Now I'm not saying throw out spirituality, I'm not saying throw out God, no, I'm not. I'm not throwing out the possibility of God, but I am throwing out the context of the narrative that the LDS Church has put forth of the paradigm of a loving mother in heaven and father, but also conditional love. I don't accept that. Now it's like, oh, they just mean conditional love based on your choices. No, because it goes much further than that. It goes with associations. You can't live with your heavenly parents, with your family, for the rest of eternity, because you didn't meet this level of perfection. So are we really supposed to go into the bishop every time we, you know, so that we're pure? Isn't that interesting? Um, The church is a crutch of authority over us. We can't think for ourselves, when we're in sin, what are we supposed to do? to the bishop. <laughs> and then what? The, what's the bishop going to say? Well, hey, uh, you know, you don't need to come in to me for everything. And so you're left to your own devices to know if it's sin or not, to know if you're worthy or not, to know if you're forgiven or not. So, um, so which is it? Are we going to trust in in ourselves first, well, it worked for me. You see, having a faith transition, I associated God to the church. And I was mad at the church. So I was mad at God. And for a good time period, I was just pissed off at God. Right? And that's normal. Don't beat yourself up if you're a believer in God, don't beat yourself up for <clears throat> for hating God. That's a natural process. <coughs> and when things that just tear you asunder and it's tied into your core and your beliefs and then things just fall apart, it's normal. To blame God, I I see it in my wife all the time, you know, she's just stressed out to the max, she's give, 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 and then when things continue to fall apart and unravel, where's she at? She's like, this is too much, I can't take anymore, why does God keep pushing me whenever I ask for something small, why does God keep pushing me away? And doing more. And I'm like, well, it must be that porn habit you have, love. I'm teasing. I don't say that. <laughs> it'd be funny if she had that, but she doesn't. And no, it wouldn't be funny, but... Uh, it'd be an interesting paradigm. But... Um, but she... She's the most wonderful woman in giving of herself, you know, and you know I've been married with to her for over 20 years, and you know now she's stuck in the narrative that I can't go back to. So <laughs> if you're stuck one day at a time one minute at a time enjoy the good enjoy the beauty um if you need to move out that's your path and it's no one's judgment and you know i look at that direction and i see that as a possible you know inevitable situation i may be in You know, she wants to put it all on me because I'm the one that's had the faith transition. But reality is, is she has to decide if if she loves me or or the idea of having a husband that is fully on board with the church. She may find that harder and harder to find in the future. Um, so it's an interesting issue we're facing. It's one that the church is ignoring. They don't admit to the fact that history is messy and that most of the time the gaslight And they say, well, just stay in the boat. Ignore the messiness, ignore the holes. Well, they don't say that there's holes. They say, where will you go? Where else will you go? I think this whole COVID thing is probably going to be a slap in the face to the fact that people are going to realize, wow, we went out we went without church for six months. Hmm. It's not so bad. We survived. Hey, we only took the sacrament a couple times. Hey, we survived. God still loves us. You know? Um and not that community is not an important thing. Not that worshipping with others isn't good. But are they telling your truth? I think that's the question. Are they saying what your truth is? Are they talking to your heart? Or are you going to have to change your heart for the situation? So, some things that I've been thinking about... And considering it's an interesting parallel to be in, it's, you know, it's, it's disheartening, it's painful, it's, it's harmful. In other ways, it's beautiful. I've come to find myself much more wonderful of a person, (laughs) aren't I? Aren't I just wonderful? Um, I've come to find myself as flawed as I am, that I'm enough. And even though I may not look at like it from other people's point of view, I see my inside. And I'm thinking, heck yeah, because I've cast out a lot of bad. It's not about... It's a lot about my perceptions, my perceptions of others, my perceptions of myself, and so on and so forth, right? And so on and so forth. Um, So, as I all say, be kind, love yourself. You know, this is a battle that There's probably not going to be winners. But if you look at your own self and you consider that if you gain your soul back in this process of a faith transition and you're able to handle it with some patience, realizing the suffering is real, feeling that pain, processing it, reaching out for help as you need it not taking it out on others as much as you want to take it out on others and be able to find yourself and be able to just thrive whatever thriving looks like to you um you know, my thriving is definitely different than many. But my thriving is so much more beautiful than it was before. So much more beautiful. So, you know, and that's one that someone has to reflect within. It's like, yeah, I may not be, you know, the picture-perfect hey, I've got all my stuff put together. But the changes I've had within, so beautiful. My stress that I carry with me is so much less. (laughs) My stress now is like, oh crap, it's home church. In the future it might be, oh crap, it's church. It might be triggers that are very painful and real. But it's not self-loathing crap. It's not shame-based. It's not guilt-based. It's, hey, this is a problem. I need to work on it. This is a relationship issue. I need to work on it. Okay, what can I do today on it? Rather than putting all the blame and feeling outside influences from what I've perceived as being a God issue or a a Satan issue. Hey, God's making me feel shame right now. I'm unworthy. Hey, Satan's trying to tempt me. You know? (laughs) And I throw all that out the window and I'm like, well, that's a me problem. Hmm. What can I do about that? How do other people handle it? And it's interesting when you throw out other pillars of your life that have been built up and you embrace yourself and realize hey I got this and you let the other pillars crumble around you and you realize you're still standing it's beautiful so be safe it's okay you'll make it through it one day at a time focus on love. Love yourself. Start there. So peace out, be kind, remember to give